0: and welcome to the roast and toast podcast we are your hosts jenny and philip david is on his last week of traversing through the woods but he will be back next week next week for sure jenny yes he
1: will yes he will and y'all want to stay tuned next week it's going to be a very exciting one but for now let's focus on this week phil how was your week what's new what's been exciting
0: Exciting is an interesting word. I don't know if I'd go there, but the, probably the most noteworthy thing that happened for me this week was I have a job where I am in close proximity to others. It's a customer service job. And let me tell you, Jenny, there is an unquestioned hatred I have for those who are so blissfully unaware of their own aroma, oh. that it affects other people's days. Because here's the thing. The job that I have encounters m- multitudes of hours of staying in close proximity with others, meaning that if you if you decide that you want to go without a shower, not for one, not for two, maybe three days, I don't know what it is, and you decide to be near me and come to me at my job, I am forced to have to be with and around you for a good amount of time, for at least thirty minutes of time, and when I tell you that I encountered the most pungent, the most foul—imagine oh. oh. if you would, Jenny—the entire no, 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 no. I, I must. <laughs> I cannot be the only one here. The entire you life said pungent. <laughs> yes, the entire life cycle of a salmon. If you can imagine the entire life cycle of a salmon okay encrusted in one person that no. is what i had to deal with for 30 no. minutes and then another 30 minutes it was an hour's worth of my time that at first when you first uh encountered this person you're like god something is it no i took a shower today what happened and my god it was horrendous <laughs> And let me tell you one last, one other thing oh, no. is whenever you encounter such a person and if if you are such a person I have friends who are who are what is the word nose blind who cannot who cannot smell themselves whatever if you are such a person you lose the liberty to be a dick in society. You cannot be rude. You have to overcompensate. You have to be the nicest person because of such a thing because you're already working at such a disadvantage. You cannot be this this person that I encountered and also on top of being the worst, smelliest person in the entire world, also then be just incredibly rude to myself and others working. That was what I had to deal with this week. Jenny, I believe, (laughs) I don't know this to be sure, but I believe you had hopefully the absolute reverse uh, of what I of what I had to deal with this week.
1: Well, I didn't have to be near extremely smelly people this week, that's for sure. <laughs> that's a, I that's was a actually, good start. Uh, yes, I was actually out of state, uh, at least for me. I was in Denver this last weekend, Denver, Colorado. I got to check one or two things off my personal bucket list, including whitewater rafting. Have you ever been whitewater rafting, Phil?
0: I have not I've uh, the closest I've come was Disney's Wild, California adventure maybe going down on on that uh, on that ride but no, I've never done white Water rafting.
1: Well it's, it's I, I will just go ahead and say right now I highly recommend it if, if I could use that as my that slaps, that would be my that slaps but I'm not I'm saving something else for that and it was but- your first time. Yes, it was my first time. So we had four people on a raft, and we did have a tour guide. I'm kicking myself because I don't remember the name of the river that we rafted on, but it was in Idaho Springs, Colorado with AVA Rafting. Shout out to them, AVA Rafting and Zipline. They are the best rafting in Colorado. There you go. Um, So if you're ever in that area, go check them out. They were a fantastic team to work with. To uh, pr- get guided by through this river, we traveled about five miles in about an hour on this on this. Uh, I would say it was like a medium speed, and then there were several moments where we had to uh, raft down some small waterfalls, and that was. I was. I will say that they gave, <laughs> they gave us a safety video before we did the rafting. Oh, did and they? it was. It gave us twenty. 20- different ways to protect ourselves if we fell in the river and I was like what kind of experience am I walking into it was a class four river or class four current so I was like oh we are in for either a scary moment here or a super fun moment and it was a super fun moment so if you haven't done it yet listeners please go whitewater rafting it is a blast
0: As with any good trailer, we are going to make a personal preview to you, the listener. Yes, you, the audience right now. There are not just one, but two major, major movies coming out this week. And as such, we we needed a little bit of a hype video, a little bit of a promotion, if you will, for such movies. Now, if, if you're listening in the future or you're listening at a time that is not present, the movies in question will forever be linked together, forever in harmony, hand in hand. <laughs> they are Barbie and Oppenheimer, lovingly adored to, colloquially, as Barbenheimer. Now, 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 because of such a, this, such an event, we're going to take an extra week, so that way we make sure that we, all three hosts are here, make sure all three hosts are able to see both films. But in the meantime, in order to get ourselves fully ready For what could possibly be, Jenny, I think it's probably (laughs) best if we look at one thing that I happen to find, which is quite possibly the Willy Wonka chocolates that is Mattel opening up its inventory and saying yes to every freaking dress it possibly owns. There is a news article right now out by The New Yorker that has said that Mattel is in the process of okaying discussion of and creative content talks over 40, 40 of its intellectual properties. And I just, I, not only did I not know all the, the wide reach that Mattel actually has, Jenny, I'm also amazed at what the possibilities are that they either have already attributed to their to their properties, or what the possibilities could hold for these. So Jenny, I, what I wanted to do, is I wanted mm-hmm. to go through some of these uh, these brands, some of these properties that Mattel holds, Give you a little backstory if we have it uh, through what the New Yorker, this New Yorker article has given us. And we'll just go through and see if it's a Barbie or an Oppenheimer bomb. And in, in our humble estimations, if it were to be made, if it actually comes to fruition going forward, the Barbie movie, we'll, we'll talk about it at a later time. But for right now, let's go through their properties. And I just want us to go line by line and we'll see if uh, we think it'll be a hit or, uh, you know, leave it in the oven, leave it in the 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 toy bin. All right, the first one, and this one's been confirmed and is under production right now, barring the the strikes that we are are currently facing. A Barney film, a live-action Barney film. It's already in production, as I've said. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love you, you love me. We will find out about this movie. This movie will be produced by Get Out and Nope Star Academy Award winner Daniel Kaluuya. And according to Mattel Films executive Kevin McKeon, that Barney film will be a bit more adult-oriented and have an A24 type quality. Jenny, any interest in this in this film? I
1: I'm in. I'm in. I don't know what to feel. I mean, yes, I am interested because Barney was a part of my childhood growing up. However, I just I'm I'm curious. I am curious to see what an adult A24 style Barney film Will become? Like do you think it
0: actually involves the character? Or do you think it's like uh, like a Mr. Rogers get to know the man behind, well, in this case, behind the purple?
1: <laughs> I, I, it's probably going to be more of a, a, a wizard behind the curtain style. Yeah. You'll know, yeah. cover the performer who um, portrayed... Barney, for all those years. Wait, is Barney even still on air? Is it still around? I have no They're, idea. Okay.
0: From uh, for my humble research, my little research, they've recently re put it back into the ether. I believe, I believe there is a current animated Netflix Barney show that is out. Oh. So not the, not, not the, the Big Bird style Barney dinosaur that you and me have come to to know through our collector childhoods. Shout out to my mom who took me to my first concert, being Barney. Uh, so not that uh not that Barney, <laughs> but an animated version of Barney and uh, his friends. I believe is
1: the thing. Yes, uh, I believe their names were BJ and Baby Bob. <gasps> top two. Yes, top two.
0: Baby Bob. Yes. Oh, uh, way to go! What literally, a
1: cool Baby Bop is a style icon. <laughs> <laughs> with her pink, Madam Green Triceratops. Yeah. She knew how to work that pink, those pink bows. Oh, legend. Now, yeah. I would want to see this. I'm curious to see h- how much um, likeness they'll try to cover, if they'll put these performers on the actual set. I don't see why not. If they'll recreate the Barney set, they'll have uh, the young kids be played by uh, lookalikes of the original performers. Uh, including a young Selena Gomez. And I, I'm also curious to see how much coverage we will have of those supporting performers. But, yeah,
0: I, I, I believe that uh, any A24 style film will incorporate that that meme, that reel, that gif that we've all seen, like the, the shadow band uh, video of Barney and the smoke coming out and protruding from the Barney head. I think that that's going to be covered inside of it where you see uh, whoever was playing Barney is was having a little fun under the mask. I think that that'll be there. In conclusion, do you, would you see this film? Do you think you you would want to see this film or are you, you out?
1: Oh, I, I will definitely see this film. I'm not sure if I would see it in theaters, but I will definitely watch it once it's released. I'm just curious what the title is gonna be for this movie. Yes,
0: I agree, I agree. I'm with you 100%. I, I bet it has to be something around, I love you, you love me, probably. Yes. Hot Wheels is the yes. next brand that they have that I had no idea. Pun intended. I don't know how they'll reinvent the wheel here, but I'm thinking that this will be the um, pseudo love child of the Fast and the Furious franchise, making a a weird baby with the Transformers, Transformers franchise. This will be hell on wheels. Again, all the puns intended. I don't know how they make this movie feel incredibly unique. I, I they of can't. course. It can't. I think it's. I think this film's been done before, time and time again. I think anything that this film, this film would not be innovative, and possibly on the entirety of this list that we have. I know we haven't gone through the majority of it. Probably the best one for an animated film. Probably. Yes. I think that agree. That's-
1: I was just going to say that this is if they are they we are coming out with so many car movies right now yes. live action there is no way that it would um, it's just it's just too early at this point to try to bring a new franchise new uh, type of car franchise into the world so animated should be the way to go it's it may be in the way of uh, kind of what spider-man into the spider verse has done yeah. where it'll be a unique opportunity for animation or if not that then maybe it could be an animated series on a popular channel yeah, but if they're gonna do a movie they should probably wait at least a few years before even putting it into production
0: I think the best version of this and, and it's not even a good best version but is that if you happen to remember that movie called monster trucks with almost tentacles coming out of the out of the, <laughs> the truck itself <laughs> yeah it's it's a wild ride I believe it was Nickelodeon produced not uh, 10 out of 10 would not recommend I'm gonna go with uh Oppenheimer bomb on this one I don't think There's any part of me that wants to see this film as currently constructed as easily of an image of as I can find. Jenny, you with me here?
1: Oh, absolutely. I have zero. I haven't. I don't go and see car action movies.
0: Yeah, really at all. So
1: it's a bomb for me.
0: Hot Wheels. I think that's a movie that you can beat that at next one rock'em sock'em robots now Jenny mm. I don't know if you remember this film but it feels like that Hugh Jackman film we saw I, I want to say like maybe even 10 years ago now but that Hugh Jackman film that uh, has already been done it's the movie called Real Steel if you remember it's it's about the boxing sport of, of robot boxing I think it's set in some futuristic land where boxing's outlawed so people make boxing robots and then the people control the robots but not really. And then there's a robot who is self-controlled, but learns how to box through actual boxer Hugh Jackman plays. I don't know whatever this is, but Rock'em Sock'em Robots. My question would be, and I think it's a perpetual question that always gets asked whenever you start to include robots. How do you get people to care about robots? How do you get people to care about any particular robot? I'm not against this film, this film idea. I don't think it's going to be successful, but I'm not against it. you do you have a stronger inclination on this one, Jenny? I'm kind of 50 50.
1: I don't know i I don't have an opinion much of that either because I haven't even heard of real Steel. This is a brand new movie for me, and I'm kind of in that same boat as you it's like how what it's it, it sounds like it's you said it was be, people were controlling these boxing robots.
0: Yeah, yeah, people were in control. They were, if you saw the idea of Pacific Rim, where in that one they had two people controlling it, but in real still it was one person controlling it. Again, akin to a Joy-Con stick or whatever, you know.
1: The only way I could see this working is if if they establish some sort of connection to a main character's childhood, and then maybe they could do a fresh spin on the concept. I probably wouldn't be putting them... In that type of setting, but if they were, I could see them trying to fight aliens. Maybe we can. It's a stretch.
0: Rock'em but... sock'em robots. No, see aliens. That's the sequel, Jenny. You're thinking. You're thinking sequel bait, right? I'm there. I'm thinking
1: too far ahead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get a champion, and then at the end of the film, a UFO starts to go down, and then and then out comes the alien rock'em sock'em robot and say, "We would like to challenge you," or whatever. Yes. Okay, so. <laughs> Oh, Jenny! You just inserted a whole universe to this thing. I think I'm in now. I'm in. I'm I'm in for the Barbie Oppenheimer and I'm a Rock'em Sock'em Robots. How about you?
1: I'm definitely in for that. I would. It's kind of like Pacific Rim. I would be totally down to see something like that.
0: <laughs> Next one would be Monopoly. See, now back in the day, Hasbro struck a six-year deal with Universal, which secured the film rights to grab bag of other toys and games, including. Monopoly. The arrangement was mocked relentlessly in the press. Would Russell Crowe land the role of Uncle Pennybags, the mustachioed man on the chance cards? <laughs> after, after Ridley Scott signed on to direct Monopoly, he told a reporter that it might center on a Donald Trump type character, adding greed becomes hopefully hysterically funny. He also hinted that it might have a futuristic look like his film Blade Runner. Now, for this one, this isn't particularly a a, a Mattel property, but I thought it certainly is in the mold of games uh, here. Uh, It's high-stakes drama with a Wall Street feel, I think is Wall Street movie feel, I should say, with Michael Douglas. I think that that's the best version of this film, I think. Otherwise, and and then eventually they have to go to jail. There has to be a a (laughs) going-to-jail sequence. Jenny... Monopoly, yay or nay?
1: Uh, I could see this potentially being successful. I think this could be. There's a lot of different directions that come to mind immediately when I think of a movie concept for Monopoly. My brain first went to the horror genre, so I could easily horror be, see with Monopoly. This being, yeah, like a like escape room. It can kind of be a similar franchise to that, or something uh, dystopian. In that same realm, where people have to play Monopoly to live, that like that that type of thing, or um, with some with some maybe some comedic like a horror comedy, I could see some inspiration from the movie with Adam Sandler, Pixels. Oh where- God, nothing
0: should be inspired by Pixels. Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in this world. No movie should take inspiration from pixels.
1: Oh Okay, okay. We'll keep it we'll keep the inspiration in the horror genre there. To a minimum. I, yeah, to a minimum. So escape room for sure. Um, I don't know if I don't this is just me, I guess. Maybe Russell Crowe wasn't my first choice to play <laughs> Mr. Moneybags himself. Michael Douglas might be more interesting, yeah. but hmm.
0: I think I'm out, nope. which is mm-hmm. which is surprising, Jenny, because I think this is amongst the more popular games that I think everybody is aware of, has probably played in their life. But I think I'm out. I think it's almost too popular and too much of a thing already, which is odd, but I, I, I think it's too established already as a game that to include all of the elements within the game, uh, Boardwalk, Park Place, Marvin Gardens, Go to Jail, Free Parking, all that stuff, I think it's too much. I think it's too much to include in one game, one universe, almost. So I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Are you in? If they
1: are, it's got to have a massive budget. They can't skimp on the budget. Yeah, absolutely. So would I pay to see this if it was in the horror genre? Like I'm getting inspired by? No. Yes, I would. But if it's not, then probably not.
0: Yeah, I am a
1: horror junkie. Yes, yes, sir.
0: All right, keeping on with that Hasbro connection, in 2012, Universal reportedly paid millions to nullify the partnership uh, between them and Hasbro, accepting a penalty from Hasbro and offloading the rest of the intellectual properties it had acquired. And one of those was Candyland, which went to Sony, funny enough, which tried unsuccessfully to turn it into a vehicle for Adam Sandler, we were talking about. No! It yes, Candyland featuring Adam Sandler. No! Now, now, Jenny, may we all take a moment to remember the immortal Katy Perry's California Girls? If we need a second to remind ourselves of what a real-life Candyland movie might feel like, if it's set in the real-world uh, feel, I think that that's probably the best pitch that we could have outside of the whipped cream boobs that just go everywhere i, I think you know take <laughs> take that back but everything else there were those gummy bears there was snoop dog with a with a with a ruling lollipop i think that that's where it probably goes and i think that that's in a re- reality-based world is where it should go i think an animated version would feel too much like a, a wreck it ralph did it better if you remember that they did it in a yes. candy lane adjacent environment i think that it would be compared to that and unfavorably as Pixar was still on a high creatively and did that movie right the first one right not the second one but the first one right i think it's best set in a real world setting and i think that there's actually potential here not with Adam Sandler but i think that there's potential Absolutely
1: here, not. Please please no. everyone if you're listening out there this is not an Adam Sandler project. Call him for Monopoly. Do not call him for Candyland.
0: I would actually enjoy Adam Sandler's Mr. Moneyback. Hey, 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 you're going to jail. If you
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Candyland, uh, are you in Jenny?
1: I am. I think there is a potential... F- yeah, we like you've said, we've already seen what an animated version of Candyland could look like based on uh, what we've seen from Wreck-It Ralph in that world. But I would love to see some form of uh, Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland or Chronicles of Narnia style of Candyland. I think there's a lot of potential to do something a little bit on the darker side with this one too. I see, Um, I see. Maybe someone's coming into Candyland and they have to fight against one of the characters that has somehow turned evil and is trying to take over the entirety of Candyland and all of its residents and regions. So would love to see that movie. I would pay for that one.
0: Yeah. I think we're both a go on Candyland. Candyland actually feels doable and, and entertaining. I, I, I think that there's a lot that you can do with it. So we're there. We're there. This one's probably more mainstream and has come to Netflix to a point but now we're back to what Mattel owns and, and everything. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, oh. this yeah, this property has some recognition outside of a base audience, a la the meme with the skeleton man, uh, also known as Skeletor, but for everybody else who who's like me who's never really watched it, uh, with, the skelet- with Skeletor telling people uncomfortable truths, then running away and saying, till next time, whatever it is.
1: Until we meet
0: again. Until we meet again. Exactly, exactly. Not till next time. Absolutely. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, I've never really jumped into this, to this brand, to this show, to this property. Uh, so it would be an intellectual property that I would have to learn fresh. I feel like with a lot more others, I feel like I'm more of the general audience that doesn't fully know this property. But from what I understand, it's a shirtless, play on star Wars almost, or something similar to that.
1: Sure. This play. Star Wars. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm not, I, again, I don't really know. They've already made a movie about this that had mixed success. Uh, I think it made its money back barely. And if you go back, I don't think it's aged particularly well, but Jenny, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't think I'm, I, I I'm not dying to see this. I could be very wrong. I've never watched again. Any episode of this, both past or present. Are you in, are you, are you at all familiar with this, with this property whatsoever?
1: I am also not familiar with He-Man. I could see some potential financial potential with this one, some success, especially since it's a major nostalgic hitting point for audiences. And I think there's opportunity if we go far enough in the future, it would be beneficial to expose a whole new generation uh, to a a current or modern version of He-Man.
0: Yeah. If not
1: a, re- a not maybe not a reimagining, but maybe they can, um, I could see them kind of doing, what's the word for it, where they, they throw in, li- kind of the same thing with like Into the Spider-Verse, where like little memes get thrown in or people will recognize certain things. But it's not my, I probably I mean, wouldn't be seeing it, it because it's just not my, it's not what I grew up with, but I, if it's on a streaming platform, I would check it out and see, I would be curious, but would I pay a movie for a theater? No, probably not.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think that the current play that it's going through right now of being on Netflix, having its own little thing, I think that that's where the base audience is and and would happily enjoy it. I don't think that it needs to be on the big screen to get the most out of it. I think that we're in agreement there. So no, no He-Man, stay off my screen. Uh, next one, <laughs> the American Girl franchise. Now this oh, is- Oh,
1: now we're talking my language. Okay, Here we cool, go.
0: good. This is great. Cause i, I I'm not unfamiliar with, with this brand, but I, I recognize that it is a brand. My, my sisters were into this. Now this one was something that has some work on it. Uh, a screenwriter told the New Yorker, he informed uh, that- that he was at work on an American girl script that would be book smart. The movie meets bill and Ted, which is an interesting. Yeah. So I'm guessing a a quick quirky comedy featuring time traveling abilities. So American girl would be to go back in time and visit characters across all of time. I don't think it'll, I think what I would have thought originally for, for this play of of how to how to write a script for american girl would to almost build a a series that doesn't truly truly connect to all of them but create a universe or a series of you go to different time frames and and go onto the big screen and this is uh, a pocahontas new frontier land this is uh, a spanish expedition land or or whatever the full american girl play is i'm i'm not i'm not entirely sure Jenny, does a book smart meets Bill and Ted adventure for American Girl? Does that do anything for you?
1: I think in a previous generation, this would have worked. I don't think this could I feel like work that's nineties nineties, like that's a nineties yeah. good play. I could see this being like a what's the word for it, like a hocus pocus style thing, where it's Ooh. it's it's like a magical. Well, maybe not so much in the ho- in like the Halloween. World, I'm trying to think of the best comparison for it, but it just seems like this is something quirky for TV, a TV movie. If they want to so play a Disney, it that TV- route. And what
0: you're saying is a Disney Channel film, essentially.
1: This kind of it's kind of screams Disney like, Channel film that. if they're going to go yeah. that route, <laughs> which I personally don't want to see. I think I think there's just too <sighs> many American girl. I want to see like something. I haven't seen Barbie, so I'm saying this without any right uh, information about the new barbie movie but i it could there needs to be some sort of commentary on what makes um, there's some problematic things about american girl and it's been commented on oh. before with um SNL if for those who haven't seen that skit you should look up american girl SNL it's it's a funny sketch but it makes you realize oh no um there needs to be some sort of a commentary on what happens with american girl what the things are just in a modern world some of the things that were established with american girl before are just a little bit uh a little bit tricky to talk about so i think having this some language twisted for modern audiences could be useful i don't see it again don't see it being a disney channel movie if if, the only way it can make it to the big screen is if they bring them to the modern world. But they might have to wait again for a few years because Barbie is literally doing this right now.
0: Interesting. Okay, so you're saying right now it wouldn't. But in the future, can you see a world where this works? Because I... I,
1: Oh, yes. I, in I, a few I, years, I, yes.
0: Okay, so I, I agree. I see a world where this works, that it can completely be viable as a big screen opportunity. I think that this, when I looked through all the brands, I thought that this was probably the the safest play on a, on a big screen blockbuster actually as, as odd as it might seem. Okay. So we're both in agreement there. Get our popcorn ready for American girl. The series magic mm-hmm. eight ball. Now, Jenny, this, what? this was you. This was the film that I, I don't even think I need to pitch it to you. Cause I know that you're going to want this, but what? Jim, <laughs> Jimmy Warden, the screenwriter of cocaine bear has devised a horror comedy about the magic eight ball. One can imagine the chilling moment when a character shakes the ball and gets the message, Outlook? Not so good. The approach, Brenner told me afterwards, had been a subject of some debate. We're not going to make any R-rated movies, she promised, although the Magic 8-Ball script walks the line a little bit. She went on, We're not going to make anything that feels violent or that is alienating the families. We want to stay within the parameters of what Mattel is. So Jenny, what this on earth This is that horror film you wanted. A Magic Eight Ball horror film. Is can you see the Magic Eight Ball being the the what would that be? The the Ouija board, the the conduit for which the horror takes place through. Can you yeah, see that but the, it doesn't
1: deserve its own movie? There's well, you there's are nothing upset to work with. This. There's absolutely nothing to work with, with What this. if a
0: soul gets trapped inside the magic? See, this one makes sense to me. I actually understand this. The, the, a soul gets trapped inside the magic eight ball. A fortune teller from past generations dies and is imbued in the magic eight ball. I get this. You don't get, you don't see this. You don't see this. You don't connect to this.
1: I just, I I would need to see it on paper. I I can't even begin I to am shocked what this movie could be. But I'm happy that it's being dabbled well, in the horror genre. Very happy about that. But in my head is like, how the hell are they going to make this work? How the hell?
0: That's amazing. To me, this this comes across so clearly as as if I am shaking a magic eight ball. I, I can see that connection. That one once they once I read it, I said, "Oh yes, that that is a a a A leads to B leads to C thing here. I'm I'm shocked. I am shocked it's all that you foggy are for
1: me. The only way I could, I mean yes, it could be used as a tool for horror yes, of comedy. Course. Yeah. Absolutely, but making the comedy a whole is what worries me. Centered around this one thing, it just that's that's a pull. Wow, that's a pull.
0: Wow. So you're so if you were to see something for this, you would be out. Just at least initially, you'd be out.
1: It'd be another situation where I wait until streaming.
0: All right, I want a prediction though, Jenny. In or out? In or out?
1: Uh, I'll, I'm in if it's on. Of if it's in. on Who Shutter, needs. I'm in. If it's on <laughs> Shutter, I will not pay for it in the theaters.
0: I'm I'm in. I'm in too. I'm in too. But I thought that you were going to be the one leading me to it. Wow, I'm shocked.
1: No, I'm All still right. feeling Monopoly though. Monopoly for horror, yes.
0: <laughs> that's, anyway, that's what's, an What do what we got next,
1: Phil? Keep going.
0: Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah, we are near the end here. The masters of Mattel had apparently given the go-ahead for a get ready for it, Jenny. You are not ready for this. A heist-themed <laughs> I... Uno film oh. set in Atlanta, ripe with the hip-hop scene and culture, but have apparently benched the F-word-heavy script for now. For now. Ruined. So ruined. Yeah, yeah, Jenny. I since I don't. I don't. I I think you're forcing a genre onto Uno. I don't know how it it read heist-themed. I guess add four means add four years to your sentence if you get caught for a heist. I I don't know. Uh, But do you have any interest, intrigue, in the heist-themed Uno film? Should it continue to be produced?
1: Okay, so I'm, I'm pulling from what we've talked about previously. I would love to see if they're gonna do something heist related. There should be. So, I uh-huh. would love to see Magic Eight Ball and Uno maybe potentially combined because I'm liking the concept okay. of. I like the concept of using card games or or unique toys as tools to get get to get some I, I, a situation or to do something that you can't. That, it's, that seems impossible. So, right. Uno, I'm more likely to see this happen, having it a, a full film. I could see it being a fun comedy also. Mm-hmm. But I'm hearing it's not going to be rated R. I'm kind of disappointed.
0: <laughs> could I, you imagine? Yeah, no, I think it definitely needs to be rated R. I mean, that PG-13 one F word allowance, I think I, I, I want more. I want more, especially if it naturally lends itself more. to it. I can kind of see a break into a vault structured film that requires a code of some sort of, all right, only yellows here, only greens here. I need a number that is red I I, I can kind of see it. I'm intrigued by the fact that we had such a pairing. I'm, I'm not out as, as early as I would have thought if you had assigned me a project of write an Uno film. I'll be honest. I don't think a heist would have come to mind. So it's, (laughs) it's, it's imaginative. I'll give it that. And for, that imagination, I will reward it with my attendance for now, barring some, some quirky elements that I don't like. I, I'm, I'm in for now, very much for now. All right, Jenny, our last little bit, I, the article ran out of things, but of course it has opened up its entire catalog Mattel has for movie films. So I wanted to just run through the remaining brands and intellectual properties that Mattel has ownership of. That yes. I just want your, your selection, Jenny. Your selection. You only get one. Okay. One of these properties that you think would make the best blockbuster film that actually has legs to run on for an entirety of a film. I will give you a couple. I'll let you know when we're done here. But you, you're you listening for and through this list. And tell me which, which one has the best legs for a film that was unlisted as of yet. Are you ready? Go for it. All right, the first one is Kerplunk. It's a game with straws and the balls that are trying to fall through. It's that one, if you remember, You, you it's like a c- cylinder, and then you you pull out a straw, and you don't want to be the one who has the most oh. balls that fall through. Yeah, I don't know yeah.
1: that game very well.
0: Okay. okay, well, there's Kerplunk. Phase 10, okay. Rummy meets easy-to-learn gameplay. It's the one with cards. Again, it has Uno-type elements where there's different colors assigned to it but again i I just always think of it as easier rummy that's phase 10 next one apples to apples of course a game that focuses on fulfilling a prompted question with pre-written subject cards leading to hilarious mixes pictionary where a word must be drawn by a person or a group of people to score points when correctly identified scrabble putting down words with the letters given on random tiles. And finally, and this one's an interesting one, Thomas the Tank Engine, which of course oh, has no. <laughs> already been cinematically portrayed, but on the small screen, not the big screen as of yet. So Jenny, out of, those, uh, out of those brands and ideas and intellectual properties, is there one that you see that has the most potential for a movie or a film?
1: Well, if Thomas the Tank Engine has already had small screen interpretation, there is the it's the way is paved for it to go to the big screen too. Whether that be expanding the lore or doing a new interpretation of what's already been done, in terms of the games though specifically, my I'm tied between apples to apples and Pictionary. I think there's a lot of potential. For those two I think Pictionary has a little more potential because I could see a teen movie being produced for that one where someone could be rewriting history or thing or just creating a, kind of like a Timmy Turner fairly odd parents type thing where they bring weird things to life if they have a weird if, if they draw a bear and the and the bear doesn't look like a bear, but it's whatever drawn version. It'll say Yeah, it looks like a fish. Become, yeah. yeah, it'll become... that A bear becomes a fish. Exactly. I think that'd be fun. To hmm. I would love to see that type of exploration. Apples to apples, I could see being another dark that, comedy, but I'm not yeah, sure Yeah, it feels like a teen comedy right there. Yeah,
0: yeah, apples to... Or maybe even like a, a, a... This is 30, this is 40 marriage comedy of apples to apples, two opposing forces lead to common hijinks. I think apples apples would have been the one that I chose, but out of the ones you didn't list, I think the one that is an interesting heist themed elemental film would be Kerplunk. I think yes, that I could, agree be- with you. I think that that could lead to either a jail escape film or a heist film and very easily, d- you know, we've already seen a film like Indiana Jones with a ball shaped trap or something that could, <laughs> that could easily <laughs> make it, that could yes. easily make its way. You could, you could be in a, in an escape room where hanging above you, are balls that are only enforced by tethers or, or straws or whatever you want to do. You can make an easy allusion to that. Uh, yes. I think that that's probably like on the lower one, but I think we're both in agreement here. Apples to apples, I think, has the most legs to run on for here. So, okay, I think we're good. I think Barbie is the first of many. I, I, I do think that this is a trendsetter, not a one-off. So let's get ready, people. Let's get ready. Let's bookmark this in history. This was our idea. Let's see if we are going to have copyright infringement upon our ideas here, Jenny, and if we uh, we will have something here in the future to talk about. Oh, yes. Onward.
1: Okay, Phil. So our mini segment this week, uh, we're going to revisit one of our personal favorites, Blanks where I'm Mm -hmm. going to give you a list of types of words, and you're going to have to tell me right off the bat what word comes to mind first. We're going. We have a, a a very a short and simple passage here, inspired by our main topic, and I'm looking to create something fantastic. So Phil, let's begin, shall we? Give me a verb, if you will. Slipping. Noun. He man. Why not? A part of the body. This needs to be plural.
0: Plural part of the body.
1: Cheeks. <laughs> Perfect. Occupation. I don't
0: know why, but I was thinking of um, um, a clothing printmaker. Somebody who, Cl- yeah, a clothing person who
1: printmaker.
0: Yeah, you go to somebody and and you want a, one of those bad things of like number one dad, and you go to them and then they print it on on clothing that you want clothing print maker.
1: Okay, perfect. It's a very specific thing, but I'll take it. Um vehicle, please, plural, if you will.
0: The oh. Can I say the batmobiles?
1: Ooh, yes, you absolutely can. Okay, there we go. Pick a number. 77. 77. A type of container. This needs to be plural again.
0: <laughs> a jar? Jars?
1: Jars. <laughs> yes perfect adjective
0: slimy
1: gross noun Denver oh a silly word
0: shapoopy (laughs)
1: shapoopy and how do you spell that? no I'm just kidding noun
0: gummy bear or gummy bears if necessary
1: Um, I will make it plural. Why not? Something alive.
0: Earthworm.
1: Ugh, gross. Verb, please.
0: Slow dancing. (laughs) Another noun. Pokemon.
1: Ooh, now we're talking my real language right there. (laughs) Another noun, please. Lots of nouns in this one.
0: I, I see. Tums. (laughs) Tums.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Another article. Oh, actually, I haven't had said this yet. Article of clothing. Just one.
0: G string.
1: G string. Okay, we'll keep it singular. There we go. <laughs> okay. One more verb.
0: One more verb. How about what <laughs> <laughs> about what about the uh, the hand jive?
1: The hand, hand jive. jive. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Yes, for all of you who don't know, it's a it's so a
1: dance. hand hand driving.
0: Hand, dri- yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Okay, perfect. And then one more noun, last noun of the passage.
0: Author, an author,
1: an author. Okay, uh, right. I'll use author. Perfect. All right, all right. Let's do this. <clears throat> On your mark, get set, slipping. The he-man is on. We all love the feel of the wind in our cheeks. Everyone wants to be the fastest clothing print maker on the track. Hot Wheels are the world's most famous toy race batmobiles. But how have they stayed so popular for 77 years? Is it the cool carrying is it the cool carrying jars? The slimy details on the cars? The Denver blowing place sets? <laughs> Chief. or Shapoopy, the noise you make when you race your car I no like it's that. the need for gummy bears because when you're racing you feel like an earthworm <laughs> slow dancing those wheels pokemon is the name of this game and hot wheels are the coolest way to move faster than the speed of tums
0: <laughs> you know it comes our fast act
1: so lace up your cheese string and oh, wow. hand jive up your engines. The race is on. <laughs> the only question is who is going to take home the golden author? Woo!
0: Wow, it got that got dirty there spicy. at the end. Yeah that that got that hot, that Hot Wheels movie we might watch, but I don't think it's going to be on a on a big screen. I think it'll be on a dark, grimy screen.
1: <laughs> this seems like a in the horror genre. That seems like an Eraserhead, David Lynch type film. Are you listening, David? Take a note, David Lynch, not Dave, not our David.
0: Looking to streamline your busy schedule? Looking for a helping hand for life's endeavors? Details by Claire is here to make your life easier. Visit www.detailsbyclaire.com to explore a wide range of services, including calendar management, website creation, and even voiceover work. Claire's attention to detail and dedication to her clients are unmatched. Don't let the game of life overwhelm you. Visit www.detailsbyclaire.com today and discover the convenience and expertise of Details by Claire. All right, it's been a couple of weeks, but Jenny, we do have a once more this week. One more additional thing that Ooh. didn't really fit into anything that we normally do, so it's a once more. It's uh, been a couple of weeks since we've done our blockbuster summer draft, and it's about time we gave you an update. as a Yes, lot, that's true. As all the number one movies on number one draft picks have finally, with the making of this podcast, I've finally been out, and so we have what I think could be pretty much the final standings at least in one position. So so. and number four, bringing up the rear is David at 194 million. Again, if we all recall, he drafted Indiana Jones in the dial of Destiny. And, uh, what else he drafted the Meg? He had no, no. hard
1: feelings. He asteroid had Meg. City. asteroid city.
0: Yeah. So, city. Mm-hmm. so of course his number two pick right now with the Meg is the only thing he has left. So it has potential. He has potential to move up from this number four spot, but not too much higher. Now, number three, coming in strong, is me at two hundred and thirty-five million. As only one of my movies has been filmed, has been released as of yet, and that, of course, being Mission Impossible. My other three films, Blue Beetle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Gran Turismo, all have yet to show. But I don't know if I have. So I think I have a strong contention for number two. Number one might be hard, but we'll get to that shortly. Number two. Is Gary now his full movie list is done? He cannot move up any higher as he is at a final total of 284 million. With him taking The Flash and number one at 130 million, a, a big flop considering how much they put into that film. Transformers being a number two for him at uh, 80 million, The Blackening. Being $7 million, I am now owed at least 12 peanut butter sandwiches by Gary. That's all right. We'll talk about that at, at the episode when he returns. And a sneaky pick that all of us missed that we all should have taken, I believe, by the time that this is all going to be said and done. Insidious Red Door, $67 million. That is going to be by far, I believe, the best number four pick that any of us should have and did make. So Gary, with that strong number four pick, vaults himself up to number two. But again, his full list is done. And finally, of course, that means that there's only one person, Jenny, who's number one. Is it me? Yeah, it is you. Yes, of course. Jenny, you took a risk. You took a gamble having two films coming out on the same day, on the same release date. And you no saw way. the future. Barbenheimer has been a massive, massive success with Barbie. I'm sorry, but your full total, your full total being five hundred and fifty six million. Now, three of your four films are done. Barbie yes. bringing in 337 million. Oppenheimer uh, collecting 174 million a massive one two punch, a massive one two punch and Barbie probably in all likelihood going to be the move- movie of this year at 337 million both domestic and, and international.
1: Wow I the am... only Woo!
0: yes, yes you have a lead. you have a massive lead that I, I think I'm the only one who can probably catch you and even then I don't feel that strong. but you do have one movie left. Uh, And it's the Haunted Mansion, which was always going to be a gamble, even from the beginning. It could vault you to an impossible catching up uh, territory that I think you, in all honesty, and probably already am at. So, in all honesty, I think I'm playing for second. I think David is possibly able to get to number three, and Gary is... Uh, he might be at number four. It's going to be between him and David for number four and number three. You and me are reaching for number one and number two. I believe, but I could be wrong. There's still some elements left to be had. And of yes, course- it's
1: not over until we have all the movies released. So we we will not truly know until everyone releases their films.
0: But congratulations! About more than halfway through, Jenny, you have a a monumental lead. You do have a a very hard hilt for anybody else to climb so congratulations
1: thank you i don't know why i feel shocked but i feel i'm so happy i have made the right choice at least that we know so far i knew i was right to see pink that slaps Here is the time where we get to share what media, songs, or films have tickled our fancies. Since we're on the topic of movies, Insidious the Red Door is my that slaps this week. I had the privilege of seeing it a couple of days ago, finally. I've been waiting for a long time to see it. I will say it was a fantastic film to close out the... Lambert family franchise or the, the the story, excuse me, not the franchise. The Insidious franchise, I don't think is going to die anytime soon, but we're no. not going to see a film from then for a while. Uh, they have mentioned that in uh, news stories, but the film itself was a wonderful way to end that plot or that those characters' arcs. Uh, the film, the film is not without its uh, its flaws. I will say that. So just know that you're going in seeing a movie that was made for everyone to enjoy, including those that haven't seen the entire Insidious franchise. It, but in general, I would just like to say this movie, Patrick Wilson, congratulations, because this movie slaps. You have tipped out our tulips.
0: Oh, wow. Well, okay. It's interesting to note too, for a horror film, especially one within a franchise, it's good to note whether a film can stand alone or whether it, can or it ha- must be seen within the order that it was released. Uh, that is always important. So thank you for that clarification, Jenny. For mine, I will be going back to our musical well our wishing well as we ever grow it each and every week. The song is called Dela and it's by Johnny Clegg and Savuka. and let me tell you the reason why I found this song is because of one glorious wrong turn on Instagram reels. I, I just, I happened to see Brendan Fraser, long may he reign. The the renaissance is real. It still remains. And I will watch anything that man is in from for a good foreseeable future. And I saw him in his George of the Jungle attire. And it was the whole romance scene of where <laughs> like the, the love happenstance for him and, and what's her name? I don't even know. I don't even remember. I, I haven't seen this film in so long where they fall in love and they're dancing around a campfire and the, and the, the gorillas are, are playing the drums and they're possibly <laughs> singing and oh my god i was like i'm in love with you brendan fraser and i don't even know what the hell they're saying i almost cursed i was so in love with this song jenny do yourself a damn favor. Go back and watch this scene. Go listen to this song. It's impossible. It's impossibly 90s. It is impossible to not get a groove in your booty. And I've, uh, I have love this song. I keep almost cursing. That's how good this song I is. I do love a booty groove. A booty groove, amen. All Everybody all at once <laughs> clap. Mm. Dela, Johnny Clegg, and Savuka, that, that mofo slaps. Well, huh. just like that, it is the end of another episode. But... Not before we have some thank yous to get a hold of first.
1: Yes, thank you to and Crossland and Jay Coralang for the music that you hear throughout the show. Thanks
0: to Ryan Ardell and Josh Hans for their a lot of the audio bits that you hear throughout the entirety of the show.
1: Thank you once again to Rudy Chalk for your wonderful graphic work that you get to see in all of our social media.
0: And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Yes, you, the listener, listening right now. Please, by all means, go visit all of our socials, whether that be on Instagram. Of course, we have TikTok. We've been promoting that heavily. We've got Facebook. we got Twi- uh, Twitter. We don't have Twitch yet. I was about to say Twitch. Uh, I guess that's oh, the next hurdle. To maybe. Yes, stay, yeah. tuned. May- <laughs> stay tuned. Stay uh, tuned. But yes, go look up Roast and Toast Pod, Roast and Toast Podcast, along those lines on social media but most most importantly Roast and Toast Pod that's where we are most uh, everywhere on our, on our social media ha- social media handles but of course if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe to us and uh, our entire library on anywhere that you listen to all of your favorite podcasts whether that be Spotify podcasts Apple podcasts even Google podcasts everywhere pretty much except for Pandora why? because screw you Pandora screw you to infinity and beyond
1: Okay, now, listen up and listen good. I've got the perfect deal for you, sweet as honey, right between Atlantic and Illinois Avenue. How would you feel about Barroneau Railroad?